The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. It's 3.38. I love these tunes. Reminds me of my grandparents. Well, for many years now, our next guest has dedicated his work to recording the stories of our veterans. Veterans Voices of Canada is based in Red Deer, but its founder, Al Cameron, has traveled the country documenting the stories of our men and women who served and hopes their stories are never forgotten. Today, Al joins me from the annual Airborne June 6th Memorial in Siffler Falls, Alberta. Hey, Al. Hey, Jillian, how are you? I'm good. How are things down there this afternoon? They were great. The weather cooperated, had really good numbers, lots of airborne, lots of people there to take in the ceremony. It's pretty amazing, actually. So for those folks who don't know about this memorial, tell us about it. Well, every June 6th, uh, the airborne out of of Edmonton, actually, uh, a man named uh, Bill Dixon, he actually, who is an airborne uh, member, they they throw a memorial um, in commemoration of the June 6th jumps, uh, 1944 mm-hmm. June 6th jumps. And um, they've been doing it for 18 to 20 years now, and it's a pretty amazing tribute uh, to their guys, past and present, actually. Awesome. So you know what we were talking? I wanted to talk to you about your work, uh, founding president of Veteran Voices of Canada. Um, Al, I think when we first met way back, you were a cameraman working at a TV station. Why the switch? Well, the the switch is. I, I mean, I, I love I love doing television. It's an amazing, amazing uh, career to have. Um, my other passion was history. Um, my my uncles who they were June 6, nineteen forty four veterans or soldiers. They served with the North Nova Scotia Highlanders. Both of them landed on June six on Juno Beach, Nan White, and I grew up hearing a lot about their stories. Uh, one one guy, Pearly Cameron, uh, he made it through the war, came back, and um, he he was fine. He made it through. My second uncle, Ernest Glenmore Hill, he he made it on the beaches, and uh, they were second wave that day. Yeah, and he made it to the beaches, went all the way through uh, to a place called Tilly La Campaign, which is just north of Con, I believe, or south of Con. And on Ju- on July twenty fifth, nineteen forty four, he was killed in action. Hmm. So. Growing up hearing those stories and from other uncles and aunts who served, that gave me the history bug. So what I did was I combined the two of those, and in 2005, I began actually traveling Canada and documenting our veterans. 2005, so 14 years of this. How many veteran stories have you documented? To this point, the way I look at it, not enough. But <laughs> the number, <laughs> the numbers are a little over 1,600 veterans that I've interviewed across Canada. Wow. That's inc- that's incredible, Al. And how do you find them? How do you get them to talk to you? How does that work? Well, one of the, one of the cool factors of this is uh, a lot of the guys and gals who come forward, they may be unsure about the uh, the whole process themselves, but they give it a try, and they're all happy that they've done it. Once they're once they've talked to me, they say, you know, I'm glad I did this. Thank, thanks thanks to your organization for doing what you're doing. 
and a lot of it is uh, is word of mouth from them. Hmm. So so I've had World War II veterans, right to Afghanistan veterans, and and uh, all of the theaters and missions in between who who I have interviewed, they pass it on to their friends, and uh, a lot of it comes through that way, which is. It's kind of a nice thing because it tells me that I'm doing something right. Hey, Al, how many of those people that you've talked to, were you the first person that they have talked to about it? I would say 90, 90%, I would say. And when, and when they open up to you and when they start telling you their story, um, what do they say afterwards once it's done? Well, they're they're happy they came along to, to do it. Um, a lot of a lot of times it's um, it's their their especially the older guys and gals. I'm sorry, the not so young guys and gals. Uh, a lot of them, it's their daughters, their sons, and family who want them to document it because they know that, especially when you're 90, 95 years old, your story needs to be told. So once they do it, they're happy they've done it. And I'm fortunate that a few veterans that I've spoken to, they actually said to me, thank you for, for doing this because I can forget about it now. It's mm-hmm. documented. So all of those years, it's been on their head, it's been on their shoulders. And, you know, if, if the least that we're doing is, is doing that little bit of the Veterans Voice of Canada, then, then I'm a happy guy for sure. Al Cameron is joining us this afternoon, the man behind Veterans Voices of Canada. He's been traveling uh, the country for years now, documenting the stories of our veterans. Um, as you heard him just say, he's had about he's he's talked to about sixteen hundred. What what are these just all in a file at your house? What are you doing with them? What are you hoping will be done with this, Al? <laughs> well, it, it, what I'm trying to do is I'm building a, a database myself. We're getting we're trying to get them onto our our website. And that's a slow process. The main thing is I want to get them documented so we've got something to edit. But they'll be on our website. I, I donate copies to schools, museums across Canada as well. Um, to this point, we've probably donated, I would say, 2,000, 2,500 uh, CDs or, or compilations right across Canada to different schools. And we also, I also ensure that the family and the veteran get a copy for a family keepsake. Um, the actual... The masters, um, once I get these digitally transferred onto however I need to to keep them and store at my office, I would like to probably donate these to uh, the Canadian War Museum or Archives Canada. It's this is an important part of our Canadian military history. It's actually a, a, a digital treasure archive, Absolutely. and I have to make sure that that's in the right place. So. Absolutely, Al. So, um, sixteen hundred interviews. My gosh, and I'm I'm going to put you on the spot here, and forgive me, Al, but I'm going to. Are are there any of those stories that jump right out at you? Some things that you connected with wholeheartedly. I know. I we're friends on Facebook. I see yep. you're posting um, with different people, and certainly some of the some of the guys, some of the gals who have passed. Are there ones that have touched your heart that you'll never ever forget? Every one of them. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> every one of them. We definitely connect in a different way, you know, for sure. With all of this, uh, what they've done and and everything that they've sacrificed for us. But um, I'm gonna I'll pick one here right off the top of my head because it's got to do with my family, I guess. But um, July 25th, 1944, my uncle was a universal carrier, Bren Gunner, and uh, they, he was with the North Nova Scotia Highlanders, as I said, and they were going, going through this town doing a recce. It was, after, uh, it was after a major battle that night. So these guys were doing this uh, three universal carrier recce through the town, 
And they got to the edge of the town, and all of a sudden, they thought the, the town was cleared. But it was actually uh, 7th Company, 1st SS, Gerhard Stiller's tanks, or his panzers were cutting through the town. And these, one of these tanks actually cut my, my uncle off in this apple orchard. Um, apparently, they zipped around, turned around, and, and tried to get out of there um, to, to get away from, to get, to get to safety. At that point, they couldn't fight back with a universal carrier. Um, so they, they went back, but they were cut off at this crossroads right in the town of Tilly Le Campaign, and I've been there, I visited, and the second tank cut them off, so they had nowhere to go. And at that point, the crew jumped out of the carrier, ran into a house that was nearby, and apparently there was 35 to 40 other North Nova Scotia Highlanders taking cover there. Wow. My, my uncle had gone in, my uncle and the rest of the crew had gone into this house to take cover, but apparently they decided it wasn't a very safe place to be. They tried to get out through the back door, and uh, not long after that, seconds later, machine gun fire was, was heard, and... My uncle was taken down, and they they heard him. No. Um, yeah, they heard him crying for 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 assistance, and he is buried five kilometers away at Benny uh, Bretville Silesi Canadian mm-hmm. War uh, Cemetery. The way that I found out about this was it's a long story, but uh, but I think you'll appreciate it. Um, I put this story in a, in a magazine called Our Canada. It came out about three weeks later, to actually 2011. And I got a phone call one day, and it's, is this Alan Cameron? Yes, it is. Did you know your great uncle had a nickname? <laughs> and uh, the hair goes back in, back, up in the back of my neck, and I say no. And he goes, well, we called him Moose. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> and it turns out that the guy who I was talking to right there, Roy Walker, was the driver of the universal carrier that my uncle was in that, that moment wow. when he jumped out. Wow. And. And the reason how I know this story is we, not long after that, Roy was captured, taken to another camp, and he found out through some other uh, crew member or, or members of the North Nova Scotia Highlanders that um, what the, the story that I told you—that's what happened. So, wow. Um, yeah. So when I inter- I interviewed Roy and uh, went to Grandview, Manitoba, and I interviewed him along with some several other veterans, but. That's the story he told me, and Roy had told me, he said he hadn't seen the, that face that was in the magazine for 68 years at that point. Wow. And at that point, he said, this is not only closure for your family, but it's closure for me, <laughs> because this is, I've always wondered what happened to, to my, 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 uh, my buddy. And so that was that was pretty impacting, to tell you the truth, you know. That Al, was probably one of the more standouts. Al, how incredibly lucky are you to have all of these stories in your head to have met all of these people all of these heroes you i think you might have one of the best jobs in the world to be honest with you i agree with you on that one <laughs> I, I, I i really do you know I'm, I'm fortunate to be able to do this it's it's a, my full-time job and it's it's tough some days but um you know when when i get a veteran young or old coming to me after the interview or seeing what I do and thanking me for what I'm doing, yeah. then that, that really hits home and that tells me how fortunate I am. And it's a privilege and an honor to sit down 
to hear stories that many of their family members haven't even heard. That's right. So, I mean... I can't ask for much better. Uh, now, Veterans Voices of Canada is a nonprofit organization. Um, so, I mean, it, there's not a whole lot of cash to go around, is there, Al? <laughs> um, no. no, no. <laughs> uh, if people want to find out more, want to get involved, want to maybe know someone who wants to share a story, the website best place, vetvoicecan.org. That's right. All yep. right. And all- all the contact information is there, and uh, it'd, be, it'd be great to hear from veterans. There's a lot out there who still haven't been documented, and I know that they'd, I think they'd like to sit down and have their story told and documented for history and education. Our Canadian military history is so important. We can't forget those who made it. Absolutely, Al. Thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. appreciate it, and I appreciate the work that you're doing so much. Thank you. Thanks so much, Dylan. It's appreciated. Take care. Oh, you too. Bye-bye. Al Cameron, the founding president of Veterans Voices of Canada. Again, the website, if you want to check it out, it's vetvoicecan.org. So it's all one word, vet, V-E-T, voice, voice, V-O-I-C-E-can.org, vetvoicecan.org. Baby kind of celebrate, oh, kiss the boys goodbye. Daddy, let me wear the mink. Uh, thanks for all your stories that you've been sending in today, and I hope you've enjoyed uh, the past couple of hours as we shine a spotlight on D-Day on this, the 75th anniversary of that invasion uh, along the Normandy coastline. Uh, earlier today, we heard from Ian Christie, that 93-year-old war veteran who spoke with uh, Jespo earlier today. He landed, uh, well, he was actually, he was uh, driving one of the landing, uh, piloting one of the landing crafts on the beaches of Normandy on June 6, 1944, and he, he talked about what was going on in his head that day. We were all thinking of ourselves. Would we make it or not? You know, you don't talk about those things. You just exist with them. And uh, there was no sound at all from the boat. Uh, it could have been uh, dummies in it for all I, or you could see. He went on to talk about having the war jitters when he came back from the war at the age of 20 years of age and how difficult it was for him to hold a job for a number of years. Talked about how a lot of the guys turned to drink, that sort of thing. And uh, very poignant. And you can check it out on Jespo's podcast if, uh, if you'd like to listen to it. Um, some of your texts coming in. Uh, on that note, says, Jay, when I was growing up, I wish someone would have explained why my grandfather and uncle and people in the, wa- in the war um, were behaving the way that they were. It took years to realize, it's been taking years to realize how war destroys the minds and souls of good people. And even though they come back, it takes years for them to really, really recover. That's from Don. And this one says, my grandpa was in World War II. All I know is that he shot down planes as he didn't want to talk about anything. I wish he had, but I can understand why he wouldn't want to. I expect there were many people like that, says Big Al. My Uncle Gordon Wright served on the HMCS Swansea that uh, helped blockade the English Channel during D-Day. Also, his ship sank more German submarines than any other ship in the Navy. God bless them all, he says. Jalen, 
My dad was a bomber pilot in the Royal Air Force in World War II. At my wedding in 1968, he was talking for a long time to my husband's dad, who came over and fought in the Canadian Army. He thanked Ed's dad for coming to help. Dad was 63 when he attended my daughter's wedding in 1987. He kept looking at an uncle from my son-in-law's side. This fellow was also looking at my dad. After the speeches, they beelined for each other. This other fellow from the RCAF had flown with my dad on bombing raids over Germany, and dad thanked him as well. 